Hi, everyone. It's David Greenwald. Welcome to Pretty Little Grown Men. A little intro warning. For some reason, there is static on the first four minutes of this recording. I don't know why. I'm really sorry. Uh, but after that, we have a full hour of very crisp PLL finale talk for you. So here is the episode. Thank you. Hey, it's David Greenwald. And I'm Dom Sinicola, I am. <laughs> and this is Pretty Little Grown Men. Should we do the whole podcast in accents, Governor? My accent will probably be as good as Troyan's. <laughs> um, so we're here to recap uh, Pretty Little Liars, Season 7, Episode 20, Series Finale. Till Death Do Us Part is the title of this episode. <clears throat> and uh, it was extremely silly. Just extremely silly. This is going to be like a 10-minute podcast. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Dave? Yes? What did you think of the episode? Well, I okay, I want to just get right into the spoiler, which is that the twin theory was correct. You beautiful internet geniuses, you. <laughs> which makes me feel like it was seeded by the show out to somebody. Because it was like, I don't know. It was like too easy... A theory to get like I just I wouldn't have come up with it by myself so maybe yeah. I'm being you know d- being a bit daft <laughs> um, but yeah I don't know anyway so this twin theory was correct Spencer had an evil twin named Alex Drake and so all along or at least through season five or season seven all the bad stuff that Spencer was doing was Alex including stealing kisses from Toby mm-hmm. and once this becomes clear and she abducts Spencer, which is awesome, and uh, abducts Ezra, which sort of gives it away. Very foolish, Alex, to abduct Ezra on his wedding day. Then the liars, like, solve the puzzle in, like, two minutes. Like, the horse freaks out at Alex, and then, uh, uh, what's her name? Jenna smells her. She's like, mm, doesn't smell like Spencer. Yeah. Mm. I spend all my time smelling Spencer. I know how Spencer smells. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. It just, it it's just, it's so goddamn silly. The, 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 I mean, the episode was, was, it was a jarring episode, um, as a lot of the season has been ever since it became obvious that, uh, that something was up with Spencer, but they just crammed it in at the ending, at the end of the episode in the last 20 minutes. Um, I, well, because so much of this episode is like set up, and you're supposed to believe, okay, years passed, and there's no AD, and everything's fine, and they're just going about their lives. And you're like, man, this is a really weird domestic bliss episode of Pretty Little Liars. What, what bad thing will happen? Right. Um, right, and then, and then things start going wrong, and yet, I don't know. They just sort of all jumped back into back into their old detective mode right. and they figure it out lickety split and uh, then Mona's like you know guys I'm going to help you and then they go to Toby's old house which apparently Alex bought and then paid millions of dollars to get completely not only renovated but totally excavated so that yeah. she has a whole underground compound turned into like murder Disneyland that just I mean this she must have built that. Did she did she build that before she got all of Charlotte's money? I mean, that seems unlikely. Right. She must. Have, I mean, and also it's just like, who do you hire in Rosewood to under to, to do a project like that? Yeah, to, to make it was like a Power Rangers set when they're <laughs> when when Spence, when Spencer and Ezra are running through at the end. I don't know this episode. Okay, I liked Troyan's performance as Alex. Uh, it was very unhinged, and I thought she was great. I liked that this clears the writers of just screwing up the Spencer character all season. So mm-hmm. appreciate that. Uh, I'll say one more thing I liked about this episode, which is that Caleb and Hannah have a real fight, and then they resolve it like adults. Yeah, I really liked that they were fighting because it's like, yeah, you have all these unresolved communications issues, obviously, and then they resolve them, yeah. which made me feel better about their terrible relationship. Um, also, 
I don't like that Spencer and Toby are sort of back together at the end of the episode, even though Toby's been sleeping with Alex and has fallen back in love with Spencer via Alex. And then Spencer at the end is like, oh, cool. I guess we'll just mm, treat it like no weird things have happened. And now we'll get back together. Okay, so here we go. Yeah. This is, I mean, I was really hoping that we would not have to get to this point where we just accept these things because this is just this is just fucking like Emerson's babies yeah babies um which is that like the series has them undergo these really violating experiences and then they just accept it as a good thing right right it's just like it's just like okay it's fine now let's just move on and not not grapple with it. I mean, it's the, so now it's the same thing about Toby and Spencer. So are are they just like, are they going to undergo the therapy of having their relationship founded on this enormous lie? Right. Um, and it's the same thing with fucking Arya and, and Ezra. Yeah. You know? And it's just like, come on. There's no... There's no... There's no re- there's no real contrition here. There's no there's no working through trauma. It's just trauma brought about these good things. And so let's just look at the good things. Right. Well, and it's like these characters have been through so much and have been made to suffer at the hands of so many just malicious people who have like pretty stupid motivations. Yeah. Uh and I don't know how we're supposed to feel about them all like finding this weird happiness out of it and really the the show did such a piss poor job of attempting to to give us a motivation for alex's actions right um because there is a point at which charlotte and alex have seem to have a genuine um affection for each other right so they have a real relationship yeah and then and then, you know, they have this really nice moment together before Charlotte leaves. And in it, Charlotte says something which I can see where she's coming from, from the perspective of Alex and Charlotte, which is, you know, the Hastings are toxic people. Which, if you knew what Charlotte did about uh, Mr. Hastings, you'd probably think the same thing. Right. You know? And so the show attempts very briefly to make us feel some of the perspective of where they're coming from but in the end it all amounts to the fact that they're both fucking crazy right and they're evil people right yeah i it's it's frustrating to me that so i thought charlotte was going to be alive because i didn't see who could be a more interesting villain and this is not a more interesting villain this villain is silly as hell yeah because you're introduced to this character and then you're supposed to accept that you're supposed to accept their motivation uh, of like, well, I want it to be, I never got to have a life like yours. And so I want it, I want to steal your life, yeah. you know, which is like the show has tried to do so many genres like we've discussed in the last couple episodes. And here is like classic, you know, suspense thriller, mm-hmm. like nineties, like sexy suspense like thriller. Like the hand that rocks the cradle, like a single white female. Absolutely. And so, of course, the show would, like, just squeeze one more in Mm -hmm. before it was over instead of, like, actually going back, playing to its strengths or doing something that we've, you know, something something in the comfort zone of the show. Uh, So it's almost like the greediness of the show got to it in this season. Like, it tried to do everything, and it just didn't really work. No. No. I mean, it works, you know, it, it's just, it's like this whole season, if you don't look at it too hard, if you don't zoom out and think about the rest of the show, it, it's, it has some narrative coherence, it has some suspense and enjoyability, but like, as part of a bigger picture, you're just supposed to believe, well, you know, this girl who was a bartender, like, in the UK, found out about her family and just got really into murder, you know? Right. Like all of a sudden she's like, yeah, let me, I'm going to kill Ren and I'm going to kill all my, my hench people. And that's all good. You know what? And poor Ren. Yeah. Like, it turns out that he's actually not a bad guy. Right. He was just like, I mean, granted he did some pretty fucking shitty things, right. but, um, apparently a good shot. 
<laughs> yeah. Like oh he's just God. he just knows how to handle a gun. Yeah. Um, because I can tell you, uh, that would not be an easy shot to get right. Uh huh. You know, because how close it is to her heart. Right. And like just an inch away, and you she'd die. And then what? Did she go to the hospital? Did he did he fix her? Oh, he's a doctor. He's so a doctor. He just fixed her up. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Um. Yeah, that's it's it's insane. It's it's insane, and it's really. I'm just. I, I like that. Okay, so I'm one, just so disappointed, Dave. I'm so no, disappointed. I know it's it's such a. And me- I shouldn't be disappointed because I felt this. It's such a mess, and it's like the messiness completely. Introducing this character completely takes away from any growth or achievement that you feel like the liars have reached, mm-hmm. because it's such like a splashy, ridiculous mess to introduce this new character and have it be you know kind of dumb yeah Uh, and kind of silly i don't know i guess it's like the one nice moment that you get because obviously we don't like the aria ezra moments so the one nice moment in the show really was um the emerson moment in the beginning where they've got these kids and there's like this you know i was having some feelings during the proposal sequence that Mm -hmm. i thought was really well done uh, I've come around on the Emerson ship, but just the rest of the episode, it's like you want these characters to have gone on a journey and you don't really feel like they're in control of their lives at all at the end of it. It's like, here's this person who could slip in and out of their, uh, you know, their group of their lives at any time. And nobody noticed for like a year plus. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, well, cool you're just supposed to think like everything's over now and obviously like at the end of the episode in the mona sequence we know that mona so i love this i love that mona wins the game mm-hmm. mona captures that, that was that was Alex. that was a good ending for mona, mona has them all in her dollhouse at the end yeah. i love that that was great uh but it's like these characters are all still large and are the liars supposed to just go about their days thinking like damn, you know, Alex should be in jail, but she's disappeared, and I'm just not going to be stressed about that. Like, are we supposed to think this is a happy ending, that all these characters are all still out there, like Batman villains, you know? Well, okay, here's here's what I think. Number one, you're right, because they, the, the Rosewood Police Department would have told them if uh, two of their arch nemeses escaped. Right, right. Also, how did Mona get them... A- across the ocean it's mona yeah, yeah to france okay yeah that's true it's absurd mona. and in you know at this point there's no use in quibbling like who gives a fuck it was a, it was a it was a it was a suitable ending for mona mm-hmm. um but the it should have ended there because here's how i feel about that final scene first of all the the sort of shoving in the next generation of liars mm-hmm. uh, is was uh, stupid, and I don't think that it was worth what I believe the show is trying to say. And what I believe the show is trying to say is that there, there is a, as we've talked about before, there's a cycle to these things right. that basically like the the sins of the sins of the generation before are experienced and endured by the the the, the generation to come and i think right. that the, that's what they were trying to say that like you know this isn't an isolated occurrence this kind of manipulation and grand uh conspiratorial lying is embedded in in each generation and so it'll just carry on, you know, right. and that to a certain extent, it's, it's a bit hypocritical of Allison of all people to feel so offended by Addison mm-hmm. because Addison is essentially Allison. Mm-hmm. Um, I get the point. I don't think it was worth it because it kind of just makes no fucking sense at right. the end. Like right. what? Well, like, it's just supposed to show you like, yeah, it's just supposed to be the cycle and everything runs in mirrors. And, it's I don't know. It's like I, I thought that was fine. I mean, that's sort of like a slash, a standard like horror movie ending. Like the next, it's going to repeat itself. It's always, it's never going to be over. It's always going to be a new generation to suffer these things. But what was strange about it 
is that usually when that shows up in a horror movie, it's because of some supernatural reason, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Like it's some house or it's like this, or it's the ring or whatever it is. It's this thing that you, that sort of gets passed around along that you can't escape. And in this case, that's not really what it was. It was just people, damaged people doing bad things. And there's no reason for that sort of cycle to pass along. And the message the show sends by saying that, like human nature sort of fundamentally goes toward these dark places. I mean, that's a bummer message. And I don't know if it's really an accurate message. I and just don't. I, I don't really see. It's just like if we were supposed to draw a theme from the show, you know, out of all of this. I mean, I guess it's just supposed to be that friendship is good. <laughs> you know, yeah. but do we do, do we learn anything about real friendship? Like, do we learn anything about about trust or I don't know? It's just episode the the ending of the episode just felt so like Scooby Doo. Mm-hmm. Everybody comes to the rescue and unmask the villain, and you know, it's like they're all staring at Spencer and others and other Spencer, and nobody's like, "Holy shit, this is crazy!" You yeah. know, everyone's just like, "Oh yeah, I guess Spencer has an evil twin. This is what's happening." You yeah. know, it's like. Come on. And at this point, even Hannah saying, I'm, I'm confused. It's like, oh, my God, just fucking get on with it. Like, I'm sick of I'm sick of the these characters voicing the reasonable response, but that being totally overshadowed by everyone else just getting to business. Now, I Well, and somebody even says this is like the craziest theory that we've ever had. Mm-hmm. And yet it ends up being the correct one that they'd knock out immediately, yeah. which was like a it's like some of, there was a lot of, you know, head nods to the audience, obviously in this right. episode. And that was one, but it was also just like, yeah, this was the craziest idea. And that's why it wasn't good. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, because they just all come to that conclusion so quickly. Like also since- the Lucas comic book. What happened to that shit? That was a waste of two episodes. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Sorry. It just no. popped into my head. No, I mean, we could, uh, we should, we should, we should just say whatever comes to our head. Uh, because that's maybe how this idea has come up with. Uh, but um, I think that uh, it's ridiculous because the show establishes the way that the liars, the way that the liars come to conclusions. And it's always, they always come to all these really piss poor conclusions first. Mm-hmm. And they're so sure about it. Mm-hmm. And they're always wrong. And in this case, they're like, well, the logical conclusion here is that Spencer has an evil twin. And you know how we know that? Because uh, this character who's been nothing but a, 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 a heel for most of the series says that one of the main characters doesn't smell right because for some fucking reason, Jenna knows how Spencer smells. Right. Um, and then, uh, um, And then Toby's just like, you know, I, I couldn't tell that she wasn't Spencer when I was inside of her, but. <laughs> right. <laughs> Several times. <laughs> but. Right. The horse didn't like her. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. Hmm. And yeah, she gave me this weird book and I knew I knew it couldn't be Spencer. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't figure that out for. Several years. Yeah. Oh, my God. And and the worst part about all this, which I just realized, is yeah. that their whole burgeoning re-relationship is based on. Him having sex multiple times with the woman who killed his wife. Did she? I'm pretty sure that she, I think it was admitted that she, and people at home tell us, because we're not going to watch this fucking episode again. Uh, I think she, Alex admitted that she had something to do with Yvonne's death. Hmm. Well, she says that, no, I don't know about that. She says, you know, Toby, like, traded down or whatever when he got with Avon, and now he can be with his one true love. So are we supposed to believe that Avon just, that, that, just that was just a random died. occurrence? Yeah, probably. That's dumb. That's that's even dumber. It's also dumb. Yes. I would much rather I mean, just like Nicole Alex. getting abducted. I mean, it's just one of these shitty things that happens to the characters on this show for whatever reason. Uh, so we're back where we started. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of circular storytelling. Um uh, one thing I realized is the the first season ends with Ian dying in the bell tower. Yes, and we're back to the bell tower with Charlotte, where Charlotte died. Yes, it's very circular. Yeah, um, we of course. I'm I'm really bummed that they killed off Charlotte, and they were just like, "Yep, Mona kills Charlotte. 
that was bad that she did that. Okay, the it's end. the second person that Mona accidentally killed. Right. And um, she doesn't and go just, to jail. And just the moral, yeah, she doesn't go to jail. And the moral is just like, yeah, Charlotte was bad the whole time. And she was irredeemable, but she loved her sister, who also is an axe murderer. So, yeah, that's what we're doing with that. It's, so, it's just like, man, you could have brought Charlotte back and have her be the the, the supervillain who couldn't let go, and that would have been way more interesting than this whole twin thing, which is interesting in the context of this episode. Like, holy shit, what a crazy thing to do! Yeah. But in over the, if you think about it for the show, I don't know. It's like this is this movie is like urban legend or like one of these like late '90s slasher movies where it's not self-aware like Scream. It's just like sort of a bad movie with like a really corny ending and you're just in it for like the thrills. And of course this episode doesn't really even really do that. Yeah. You know? Um, and it's just, it just felt like what I loved about this show was that it was so much smarter than those things that it was, it was, you know, drawing on those, those elements, but using them to build out a real world and rich characters and, you know, of course, instead, we're just left with, no, this is all we aspire to be. We don't aspire to be a rich and three-dimensional and believable world. We aspire to be urban legend Yeah, from which, 1997 or you whatever. Know, which, so, I'm in the middle of writing a piece uh, for Paste Magazine uh, about my feelings uh, as the show wraps up, and I hope it, I hope that it comes out or I'll, I can finish it tomorrow. Before the end of the week, it'll go up. Um, but uh, one of the things that I that I that I've liked that that you and I have talked about is this idea that like it's 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 as if a slasher movie didn't end, or what happens after the end of a slasher movie, right? Um, you know, it's that the liars survive. You know, the liars are the final girls. What happens to the final girl after? the traumatic experience. Right. The final girl has to actually deal with the trauma of the experience. Right. And which, which the show did for a nice long run. Right. And then kind of abandoned. Right. And that, and that we, but in, in coming back to the status quo, you are removing all of that recovery. Mm -hmm. You're, but at the same time, the show admits that it's returning to old patterns. It admits that th- that trauma has brought them back to this point, right? But it never judges that as something that's wrong. It never right. judges right. it as you're something. Supposed to, you're supposed to. You're absolutely right. It's like no one has grown. Everyone's gotten married and they're older. But really, I don't know if anyone has taken away a, a lesson or become a stronger person or anything out of the end of this. Yeah, what have they learned? And we, what? we yeah, and it's like the. I don't know. We get Mona still playing the game at the end. You right. know, the game the game continues. All this continues. And it's like, I guess what bugs me about it is that for a long time, the show did have a veneer of realism and a veneer of, like, serious drama. Right. And somewhere <laughs> along the line, basically once Allison came back, and um, there was another attempt, I think, in the flash forward to be a good show again. But, you know, once Allison came back and then once we got into this last like couple of seasons, season and a half of the show, it just sort of gave up on doing that. And it reduced to itself to these more, you know, silly impulses or or fan pandering impulses or whatever. And it's like it's just disappointing because for a long time we thought this show was more than what it was intended to be, which mm-hmm. was like a mystery show for children. Uh, and now it turns out that's what it is. You know, it's really disappointing to see this, to see it descend. But it's, but it's also not for children. It's a mystery show for, well, teenagers or whoever. Yeah. Um, Especially given the amount of sexy time in this episode. There's so much sexy time in this episode. That some super bonking. I, w- I want to pick on some details uh, because I feel like, you know, we will never get an answer to them. Um, and I, and there's a lot of stuff that we won't get an answer to. Um, although one, one glaring thing, where the fuck was Arya's brother at her own fucking wedding? Yeah. He wasn't there. Yeah. There's no, it's just not explained that like 
Mike wasn't at his sister's wedding. That's true. Um, anyway, we'll move past that. We're never going to answer that. Um, why did Alex disrupt Arya's wedding, and why did Alex kidnap Ezra? There's no motivation for that. Yeah. Except just to sow discord. Uh, except why? Yeah, for someone who was an extremely good planner, that was a real moment of uh, recklessness. The only inkling we get of the motivation there is when Alex gets into bed with Arya and says, I think we're going to be close most of all. Yeah. Something like that. And, but why, why, why? Because Arya was the one who worked for her in the past. Oh, good point. So maybe she has a particular interest in her. That's true. I hate having an actual thing to tell you, an actual like reason for why that would happen. <laughs> but, uh, but still, though, like if 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 Alex really wanted to stop their wedding, then she wouldn't have given Arya the file. Right. She would have turned it into the cops and had Ezra arrested. Right. That would have been a much cleaner way of handling that situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think searching for... And also, why would she why would she want to kill Ezra? Yeah. Well, yeah, she just, like, becomes really into murder, and you're like, wow. Your childhood was so horrible, and you feel so bad about, like, your your sister's horrible childhood, and now you just want to, like, you want to be friends with all these people, but you also want to kill people, like... And why did she pick Toby? Like, why suddenly? Why suddenly her motivation completely centered around Toby? Right. It's like there's no real. Alex couldn't have known that Toby was like. That just doesn't make any sense. The why? Like, what about is is it because Toby is the purest soul that she's ever met? Horses love Toby. <laughs> she knew that the horse loved Toby. Yeah. Well. Yeah, we find out that um, I want to sh- I want to ship Bashful and Toby, <laughs> the horse, Bobby, and Bobby. <laughs> Bash Bobby. Uh, we find out who we find out who Emily's kid, Emily's baby's uh, Emily and Allison's baby's dad is. It's Ren. Yeah, so that's cool. Do you think that they they don't know that? Yeah, they don't know. They never they never learned that. Yeah, hmm. except that was for, a good reveal. Except though. for when the the girls grow up and they're like, huh. Why do they look so familiar? Yeah. They're just named... So they're named Lily and uh, Grace uh-huh. for no real reason. Just for whatever. You think... We, we were talking about what, what we thought uh, their baby was going to be named. Uh, of course, not assuming... Stupidly not assuming that it would be a twin. Mm-hmm. Um, you'd think that we'd, be, we'd guess that better. Uh, we knew it was going to be a girl. Um, we thought Jessica... After oh, yeah. the dead mom. The dead mom. But nope, just some random names. Yep. It's just, it's such a messy show. And this was such a, this was like the show doubling down on mess mm-hmm. and being, and instead of like trying to be satisfying, it was like, what's the craziest thing we could do? Which is not, I feel like we, we, We've gotten past that. There's no reason to do that. Yeah. Like, why do you have to like up the ante by up the ante by doubling down on something stupid? Right. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's it's a, it's a disappointing. It's a disappointing choice. I want to know. Okay, listen. I want to know. I want to talk to. I feel like we've we've sort of um, we've limited ourselves probably to. To you, you wonderful listeners, uh, who probably expected our our cynicism at this point, but when Marlene says that this end was a love letter to fans, was it? I want to know who is satisfied by this. Yeah, it's for real, for real. Is it because I mean the people who must be satisfied by this are the ones who are like really excited about the fact that, um. That uh, Haleb, Emerson, Ezria, Spoby, that's Endgame. Right. And I just, th- the show is better than this. Or yeah. it was. It was. It really, really was. I mean, I think that, like, it's, 
the ending of the show wants to drive home this idea of the cyclical nature of 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 evil, of trauma, of uh, the, the 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 generational repeating of these kind of like almost like the, the like making lying systemic mm-hmm. and making it almost like part of part of the DNA of of, of generations or a family. Well, and also and at the same time the sort of Dickensian idea about the randomness and unfairness of life. Right. So not only the idea that evil is cyclical, but it can just happen to anyone, which I think is also repeated by just like the way bad things happen to people in the show. You know, Nicole, excuse me, Nicole getting abducted and so on, you know, just like these horrible things happening to people all the time. And so it's like the world of PLL, which is not our world. It is like this dreamy, you know, alter alternate universe. Uh, it's not a happy place at all. Mm-mm. It's a really, it's a really bad place, and I think that sort of speaks to the ending with Mona, where it's like you're supposed to be like kind of rooting for Mona that yeah. she's keeping up this like horrible game, yeah, with these two horrible characters, and that Mona is obviously like beyond disturbed, which is crazy because, I mean, pun not intended, uh, because. It's really sad. Everything about this is so fucking sad. Because yeah, I agree. Because nothing about the liars' lives changed in any way that shows that they have moved past the trauma that constantly keeps them mired in Rosewood, right? In uh, in these really toxic situations, right? It's 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 proven by Mona's ending. And it's proven by the little uh, Addison addenda right. and addendum, and that's really sad because the show positions it as a happy ending, and all the liars are like, "When's the first, when's the last time that we all felt happy together?" And it's like you shouldn't be happy; you're just living out the the manifestation of your traumatic experiences, right? Well, so this is, I think we found what really is the failure of the show. The the tragic flaw of the show is that when it was trying to be a realistic show, grappling with these experiences and the fear and the pressure, it was a great show. And then as soon as it decided, let's go through a half dozen genres and introduce dream sequences and introduce like ghost and shit and just make it a complete shit show. Mm-hmm. Let's go all the way. And once it decided to do that and go, you know, it wobbled back and forth for a long time. But clearly this episode is like, no, let's go all in on the idea that, like, this is not the normal world and it plays by different rules and it's just a goddamn mess. Yeah. You know, and it's like, well, when the show made that decision somewhere along the line, that's when it became a bad show. (sighs) Why? Why do you think it made that decision? (sighs) I mean, what's going I th- on? I think because those are, I don't know. I think it's like, if this, like, if this show had been like, uh, I don't know what's, there's like a Cinderella, there's like some Cinderella magic show or whatever. It's like, if this show had actually been like the X-Files or it had been whatever, and there had been some mythology, like from day one, it would make more sense. But that's not what was, what was there. And that's not what was there in the first two or three seasons, oh. especially. Um, and so it's like to bring these things in. And really creep into them while still trying to maintain like a, a sort of sensibility of growth and authenticity or whatever. It's just like you can't do all these things and have it make sense. Right. Like you can't really have any of this feel satisfying. I mean, it should be noted that we're not even we're not even talking about the idea of dream logic. What we're talking about is the the realism of these tragic situations. Right. Which the show deserves to treat realistically right. and sincerely, which I think it does try to do. But you're right; then it it, it like it tries to have it tries to be honest about. Um, I'm, we keep repeating ourselves, but it tries to be honest about trauma, and then turns around and has Caleb fall in love with a ghost and has this like fucking just ludicrous twin situation. And like Mary would not have told Spencer after she came back and was like, I'm your mom. She wouldn't have been like, Hey, by the way, you have a sister and I don't know where she is. I don't know if she's alive. I don't know anything about it, but you should know. Like she wouldn't like bring out that revelation 
you know? And it's like, also, Alex finds out that Mona killed Charlotte. Alex doesn't try to kill Mona immediately. Right. Like, what the hell? Like, that was the driving force of the entire of that entire season. Right. Like, trying to find out who killed Charlotte. Especially when, when it's been made clear that Alex has, like, sort of like a psychotic break. Right. And then starts planning this elaborate scheme to take over Spencer's life, I guess. It's not made clear until some stuff actually happens. Like, it's not made clear that Alex wants to take over Spencer's life until she's kidnapped Spencer. And then it's right. like, I guess I want to take over Spencer's life now. Yeah, right. Like, what is the whole... It all comes down to motivation, which it's like, the motivations are so fucking stupid. Yeah. It's just dumb. It's true. The motivation is that they're evil and they felt like their lives were taken from them. Right. That the wrong person got their life. Right. Which, that's fine. I can accept that with Charlotte. But it's like, that's the same but it's goddamn like you, motivation yeah, for, for, for another, Drake. another two fucking seasons of the show, another 30 episodes of the show. Yeah. And then the still, you know, by showing the backstory of Charlotte and uh, Archer, like, and they meet on the plane, which is when we remember that, um, I guess Charlotte gets like the fake passport or whatever, mm-hmm. the Vivian Darkbloom passport. Yeah. But then she like came back to Rosewood like three episodes later or something. Like she was not gone very long. Right. You know, even, despite like fleeing the country under whatever duress. Uh, and we're supposed to believe like, I mean, this goes into dream logic timing or whatever, but we're supposed to believe like she's over like in love with Dunhill and then she comes back and does all this horrible stuff to the liars because she just can't can't stay away just can't can't you know has to go back and torture them some more instead of just like going out and being a happy person with her new sister you know right and that's they just thing they just like, get pulled back in we're just so so it turns out that Charlotte is really just an evil person yeah that the character the way that like we were what we were talking about last time or last episode um they mistreated this character and they only made it worse. They made it worse. Yeah. Because, because she gets the chance to walk away and she can't. And she doesn't want, yeah, she doesn't, she doesn't want, want to. to. And so instead she decides to put together this really elaborate, which it doesn't even make sense why she picks to do what she does to Allie. Uh huh. Because no, even when Allie, even like back when Allie first disappeared and you know, she was like, gone but she was still meeting with cc at the time right and all this stuff Allie never did anything to cc yeah it's true uh and then after she finds out that she's been manipulated by this person that she thought was her friend um she still is like this person's family and i believe this person is good at heart right you like you can't understand all these things that were done to this person that would make her this way right and that person then turns around and is like, no, I'm going to fuck you really hard. Right. I'm no, going like, to destroy your life. I'm just a bad person. I'm just a shitty person. I'm just super evil. I'm going to violate you. I'm going to... And then... And also, I'm in love with this person who is also as fucked up as me that he's going to pretend to be your husband. Right. Like, to the point of, like, having a fake marriage with you. Right. So that's So, so that makes... We've talked about this a couple times, how the love triangle situation makes no sense at all. No. Because if that was like a whole Dunhill plot to like try and get Charlotte's money from Allison or whatever, then why give us that uh, uh, the flashback to wherever where, you know, you see Charlotte and Dunhill together uh, in the institution and then she's like, uh, she's jealous of Allison and Dunhill, right? Yeah. But so what are we supposed to... Did he actually fall in love with Allison? Like, was there actually a love triangle? Like, none of that makes any sense. No. If he was trying to... If he was trying to actually do this, he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have set it up before Charlotte got out. You know? Well, the timeline of it... Make, like, the it just makes no sense. It was, but it was all to get Allison's... I guess... So is it that... I don't think it's supposed to make sense. Charlotte wanted to get, this is just for my own sanity. Yeah. Charlotte wanted to get Allison's money through, uh, and well, it's Charlotte's money. It's Charlotte's money. She's going to get out and presumably have some kind of access to it. Isn't that fucking Charlotte's money anyway? If she dies, it's because she dies. But so why would the love triangle started before her death? Mm -hmm. Because apparently they were planning to get, Allison's money. Yeah. 
or to take Allison out of the picture. But then why have this flashback, this like seemingly now truthful flashback where Charlotte's like really mad about it? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. No. I mean like that, not that that needs to be explained or whatever, but it's just like this pretty pivotal plot point that doesn't make sense at all. No, no, it doesn't because they wanted, because Charlotte wanted to take Allison's portion of the money and give it to Alex. I mean, I don't know. Maybe. I guess. But then, I don't know. It's just, Char- but it's apparently just, Charlotte did give, or Mary Drake gave Alex Alex money. Uh, or something. Or something. No, she takes half the money for giving the giving Alex away. Yeah. Splits it with the doctor or whatever. I don't know. It's fine. I didn't like the Mary Drake character. I didn't like the Spencer reveal. I don't like this twin reveal. All of it's bad. I mean, really, it's like if there wasn't a Twincer reveal, mostly it wouldn't make any sense. Nothing would make, none of it would have made sense. Yeah, I mean, like I said, like the twin, the twin stuff makes sense in the context of this season for sure. Yeah. But, and it like wraps up all that stuff in a satisfying way if you're satisfied with it being another fucking twin reveal. So, what's really funny about this is, um, uh, and and this is I'm getting extra cynical here because what's really hilarious about this reveal is that the only clues that we're given and that the show confirms were actual clues are all the most obvious things. Mm-hmm. The meeting at the airport, the fucking Toby part, um, and the kiss. Right. So two Toby situations and then the situation with Ezra at, at the airport. Right. And that, those are the clues that we are supposed to gather that prove that Spencer, uh, has this evil twin, that that wasn't actually Spencer. Right. Otherwise, the only clues we have are the gut feelings that we have that something is not right with Spencer. Yeah. So what we're, what we're then supposed to extrapolate from that is that all of these other clues floating around, obsessively um, trying to mine these details about who AD could be, none of that fucking matters. <laughs> yeah. And the show did not consider them clues whatsoever. Yeah. Now, the way that I'll compare that to Lost is favorably upon Lost, which is a lot of that stuff probably is clues uh-huh. and are like, are like symbolic gestures, you know. Pretty lot Pretty Little Liars just was not up to that and did not carry the same sort of like interlocking mystery. Yeah. It was just this dumb thing that you fi- could figure out if you cared about Spencer as a character. Right. Right. And that's all. Right. That's all. And it becomes like a very yeah, it became a very Spencer focused show. In this last season, mm-hmm. um, which is cool because I like Spencer, but you're also showing her being very, very unspencer like. Yeah. So it was sort of like a very strange season. I mean, there was a lot going on with Arya. Um, you know, the Emerson thing happens. I, you know, it's kind of interesting that you find out in this the way like pregnancy is dealt with in this episode. Like Arya finds out that she can't have kids, and at the same time. Allison was impregnated against her will and has these babies who, you know, it seems like she's doing great with, but you know, it's like the way the show, it's like, there's no, it, it, it makes the fact that Allison is impregnated against her will. It's, it, it creates this weird contrast of like, well, we have these babies and it's so great. You know, also, also, it sort of binds Allison and Emily together. Well, sure, because if if they didn't find out that it, it, say those they weren't even like none of this happened, right? If Allison was just pregnant with Archer Dunhill's baby, yeah, I don't think any of this would happen with Emily. Emily no. wouldn't have stepped up to help she would out. Have been, she would have been with Paige, right? They would have been. She would have been with Paige. So. We're supposed to accept the fact that this like violation drew these two people together, and that was just destiny and fate. Right. It's well, fucked up. It it really is, <laughs> and that's 
Yeah, I mean that's what we've that's like the takeaway is that this is like a grotesque reality mm. and uh goodness is not rewarded and we're not really supposed to believe that these characters are growing or can learn lessons or whatever. I mean that's the takeaway is like this is a fantasy world. Well, also what's crazy about that is you know, we find out that Arya uh, this is this is this is actually kind this is like really fucked up at the core of it because it almost it's almost like deep down the show is admitting that that what really binds a couple together is their ability to create life. Right. And so therefore there's all this doubt that Arya and Ezra can't actually have a real family because they can't create life. Right. And there's all this worry and Ezra's just like, no, that's no, it's 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 okay. I still love you. Like you're still the person I want to be with. But, but they're like, as soon as we get back from our honeymoon, we're gonna start talking to adoption agencies. It's like, be fucking married for some time. What the fuck? Like, is that is that the standard by which the longevity longevity of a relationship is is measured? Yeah, and it's like this show had a chance to push back against sort of this. Uh, I, yeah, this and why can't there just be like a, why can't there just be a queer couple that do, isn't that doesn't fit within the, the the confines of a domestic nuclear family? Yeah, why right. you know? And then like and then and then Hannah and Caleb of like of course they're having a baby, right? You know, and it's like I'm you know like I, I'm not like I I just I I, I want to have a family too with my wife. And I and you, obvi- you're cr- you're building a family. All of our all of my friends are building families, and that's great. And I and I love it. But I don't buy this idea that in order to be a family, you have to f- you have to have you have to fit within these confines. And I right. think it's really short sighted, old fashioned, and ultimately damaging to these characters. Yeah, especially with like. The way that the show is trying to be so progressive, especially with uh, uh, Allison and Emily, which otherwise is a very like normal relationship, right? Between and two like women, a, yeah, and like a great thing to have on TV, yeah. But then, yeah, putting it into like, well, let's make them, let's put this into a box. You know? Yeah, they have they have to have a kid, right? And they also have to have a kid based on like the violation of these. That, that is perpetrated upon them, right. which well, and it's, it's they never seem to deal with. It's complicated, too, because it's like you do have the show portraying a healthy gay couple having their two kids doing great, yeah. which is like a great thing to have on TV. But, you know, it comes out of this, uh, this violation, and it comes out of, like, needing to show them as a nuclear family mm-hmm. as opposed to just letting them, you know, have a relationship. Right. Right, just letting them have a relationship, and not only that, but letting them have a relationship that, that that's built on sincere, honest foundations, and it's just not. Mm-hmm. But I don't think the show wants you to interrogate that at all. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's it it's is just no like longer... how can we get them from point A to point B? Yeah. Point A is they're not together. Point B is the status quo. They're together. Right. It's the show just does not want us to. It's not the show that we used to like. It's a different show now. And it's not. It was a, a different show. It's it's and it's <laughs> you know, it's, it's just uh, it's a okay, terrible so bummer. It's really it's really disappointing to it, see the show sort of after being so ruthlessly focused on the plot and on detail and on these characters like dealing with something in very real time to just be like, yeah, this is just whatever. Yeah. Let's just do whatever. Let's just not even care about any of those things. Okay, so uh, I want to mention this before I forget. Yes. Um, that's so... F- two stupid fucking things about this episode beyond everything we've talked about. One, the fact that Arya and Ezra's book is like, isn't that great that we're going to get married and also that our book's going to become a movie? <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. So I will... There's so many I, funny parts. I will mention that um, uh, Rebecca, my wife, is is... She's seen it before, but she's sort of rewatching the L word, uh-huh. and there's a character in there who is this abominably intolerable character named Jenny, who is is sort of the the worst stereotype of a like a of like a, a the worst stereotype of like um 
a really stuck up writer uh-huh. and uh, it's like the kind of TV writing where when she reads aloud what she's written, you're just like, wow, that's the fucking worst writing imaginable. But she yeah. like gets in the New Yorker and she writes this book. And of course she like starts getting all these like uh, movie producers who want to make this, make her book into a movie. And you're just like, there is no fucking way that this would be like, like there's th- no, like it's just a plot device the show is using to try and like show that she's a serious writer. Right. And, and that's how I feel like this is. It's just like, so like, no, no, this, no, fuck <laughs> that. No. Yeah. And then Allison is teaching this book. Yeah. Her teaching her friend's book in class, teaching her friend, not only teaching her friend's book in class, but teaching the book that's about these two people from the hometown of where this high school is. Yeah. One of the, the guy was a former teacher at this high school. Yeah, completely insane. It is so inappropriate. Yeah. yeah. You would never teach that. That's ridiculous. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to ask you is something that uh, I think I asked last week, uh, but uh, the Cabernet folks brought this up as a good question to ask, and I want to get now that we're now that we're done. Yes, it is. Would you recommend somebody start from the beginning who has never seen the show? Oh no! Oh no! I know my answer. I would say. You should really, I I would say watch it until the Charlotte reveal and be like, that was okay. That was mostly worth it. Mm-hmm. And then stop. Yeah. I mean, the good parts about the flash forward there, you know, it's not worth the like four or five or like the, the, the like four or five good episodes, not even like the three good episodes per season since like, it's not worth it to go through to get to this point. Yeah. Um, unless you're willing to just like suspend your disbelief and be like, yeah, this show just does whatever now. That's cool. Cause there's still good acting and stuff, but even like the things that were scary or suspenseful about it, it really lost a lot of that, uh, punch mm-hmm. in a lot of these episodes. Like it's been a long time, you know, there were like two or three moments maybe in the season where it felt like, Ooh, an actual scary moment. What's going to happen? You know? Yeah. And it really sort of gave up on that. Yeah. Uh, and even like when when Alex is like walking around with the axe, he's gonna like chop somebody's head off. Like, okay, I mean, yeah. this is like the ending of Urban Legend, where the killer's been revealed, and it's just people scrambling around, and it's not really fun anymore. And you just want the movie to be over. Right, right. Um, yeah, I'd probably agree with that. I would even go as as far to say, um, I'd I'd say that you should start. And then just as as soon as you start to feel like it's falling apart, just you can stop. It's mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. You can if you if you really want to know. I mean, really, once Allison comes back, you can almost stop watching because then it's just like so bad for so long before it gets good again for two seconds. Yeah, no, I agree. I I totally agree. Once and that's uh, I'll say it again. Uh, once that Christmas episode hits, you yeah. know that it's done. That's true. Uh, oh, excuse yeah. me. That's how I feel too, dude. I'm, I'm past. It's past my bedtime, dude. This uh, was like a long episode. Uh, it was. I just. I, uh, so, um, we st- we still haven't figured out what we're gonna do in the future. Uh, I think that we want to uh, bring back some some past guests to talk about their their thoughts. Um, probably have the Cabernet and A folks uh, on on our show, yeah. as opposed to us being on their show. So they can tell us what they thought. Um, so we're not going to abandon Pretty Little Liars just yet. Uh, although we're not going to keep dragging this out. No, I mean it would be nice to do another to do another talk and absorb a little more and think about the show in full and like yeah. what we can take away from it and what was good about it and so on. Um, but yeah, we'll definitely do another at least probably another talk and then another little pod just to let you know what, where to find us and what we're going to be doing and so on. Yeah. Um, we've talked about keeping the name, uh, but just being a different podcast, still being us. Yeah. Talking. We'll see. Uh, yeah. Maybe put, maybe put a little bit more planning into it. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. Um, uh, if you have thoughts about things that we should talk about that aren't pretty little liars, uh, you can let us know on Twitter 
at PLGM podcast. Uh, let us know all your spoilers and if this all, if this whole PLL adventure was worth it to you, uh, or if you feel like the show broke your heart, like so many Spalab feels. Um, I yes, uh, I want to say two things. Uh, well, actually, three things. One is. One is what I've already mentioned, which is uh, I'm gonna I'm writing about this and uh, for Paste, yeah, I'm sure we'll put it on our Twitter as soon as it goes up. Um, you should you should read it. Paste Paste is where I'm the the associate movies editor, uh, but um, every once in a while I get to write for other sections, so I'm gonna write a little piece for the TV section. Uh, the second thing I'll mention is that a piece actually went up on the on Paste today about Mona as the mean girl heroine. It's a really good piece um, by Alexis Gunderson. Uh, and uh, I think you should read it. We have linked to it on our Twitter. Um, uh, there's actually a lot of good th- think pieces that went up today um, by Meredith Borders at Birth Movies Death. Uh-huh. She wrote a good piece. Um, another thing is that uh, we have a new review on Ooh. our... You can review us on iTunes if you would like, and we're going to read the Tom's going to read this review now that we got. Yeah, uh, we've gotten a few pretty recently um, that have been uh, uh, positive, which is not something we've stipulated that we need to have. <laughs> doesn't hurt. <laughs> not mad at it. Um, but uh, you know, yeah, it doesn't hurt. Um, so uh, this was by Jane Finley. And uh, she said uh, the the title of the re- of the review is newbie, and she said so sad that I've just now discovered you guys. I love your analytical take on it all. I'll have to go back and binge listen. I like your perspective on PLL and feel like you are the only podcast slash after show that really delves into the underlying tones of the show and personalities of the characters. Hope you keep the pod going for a bit after the finale. You guys are great. Oh, Thanks, thank Jane. you. That's such a sweet review. That was very nice. It's it's good to know, and the traffic to this podcast, like the downloads and the, the subscribers, have only gone up in the last few weeks. So that's been really exciting, and it's cool to see that not only are people just checking this out uh, because it's another Pretty Little Liars podcast and the show's coming to an end, but actually, you know, think it's it was not a waste of their time, which <laughs> which is something, you know, that I strive for, given that we talk for an hour every week about this. Um, yeah, and it's... I mean, I would like to think that uh, that when we're not talking about PLL, um, you still you still want to you still want to tune in, um, and that you uh, that you you like us enough to want to hear us talk about other things like music and movies. Yeah. Um, but you know, who knows? We'll figure it out. Uh, I don't know if we're going to be back next week. We might take a take a break and let let this all settle yeah but don't don't take us off your uh don't take us off your podcast app just yet yeah we'll we'll hit you back with something else soon um and uh i would like to do the the log off oh actually no can we do uh fake beer sponsors beer sponsors pausing for the theme song Yes. Okay. Beer sponsors. Uh, so this week, um, Old Mainstay Pelican Brewing Umbrella IPA. You know, I didn't know they had a brewery out in Cana Beach. We were over at the at the uh, at the coast this weekend, mm-hmm. and I think it's new. I think it's a new location, a new brew pub. Yeah, because I think they're from Tillamook. Is my right? About yeah, they're that? not from they're not from Cana Beach originally, but very nice brew pub. Uh, good beers. Great yeah, food. They're from Tillamook. Uh, so if you're in the Cannon Beach area, it's right next to this like sort of mini, like f- it's called Fresh Market or something. Uh, it's like a fake Whole Foods kind of situation. Mm-hmm. So Cannon Beach is becoming like a nice little. There's already a lot of good stuff there, but it's becoming a little bit more uh, yuppified, which I admit, <laughs> I admit, I always like. So if you are traveling in Oregon, that is definitely the coastal city i recommend the most that's where haystack rock is and mm-hmm. uh it's it's just beautiful and weather couldn't be better right now so make make yourself a book yourself a trip to the sunny cannon beach oregon yeah if you've never been to the coast that's definitely the place to go it's got the those the iconic 
Haystack Rock. Um, so uh, I downloaded an app especially for this episode because I feel like I knew how I was going to feel about this episode. <laughs> Crashed. And uh, so I wanted to find the, per- Wounded. the perfect sound to uh, convey my feelings about this episode. Okay. So until next time. Bitches. I know what's a keeping I know what's a keeping